0: Hi, you're listening to Celluloid Wallop with James and Gemma. Sit down and enjoy yourself. Grab a snack and have some fun. And welcome to this week's Talking Codswallop. Now, this week it's going to be a bit different. We are going to actually be doing an episode of Celluloid Codswallop. uh, And we're going to be talking about the new show Picard. and We're going to be reviewing the first episode. Now, due to some technical difficulties, there may be a few few things that we've had to omit. And I'm actually having to re-record this introduction. Due to some technical fallacies on my side, but the recording we're doing to discuss the first episode of Picard is with uh, my friend Joanne, who is a huge Star Trek fan uh, and she's also a very very good uh, cosplayer. We're going to provide some links to her stuff. So hopefully you will enjoy uh, our insight into the uh, first episode of Picard, uh, and we were hopefully going to be recording some more reviews in the future. Unfortunately, Gemma couldn't join us for this uh, this review because. Uh, she's had a horrible cold, but uh, hopefully all will be well. So, Joanne, yeah. welcome. Uh, if you want to tell us a little bit about yourself, so we know who you are, and you can uh, you can get rolling with things.
1: Probably who to look out for, like right? nothing, who to avoid is probably whenever I'm <laughs> whenever I'm about. My name's Joanne, I'm also known as Hedge Scout. Um I'm a cosplayer. Um, I'm James. I met you at February no March last year, at Liverpool Comic Convention, when I was dressed as Batwoman. It's- so that's how we first met. Mm-hmm. All right. I do, hard my French, a shitload of different characters. I have about 30-something costumes, everything from Star Trek, Star Wars, DC superheroes, and a lot of Doctor Who stuff. So the fact that there's now a new series of Star Trek has me extremely excited, especially one of this quality.
0: Mm. It, I mean, it was quite an interesting thing for me when I heard that Picard was going to be coming out as a series uh, when we first got the mention of it. Right? Obviously, you know, the character of Jean-Luc Picard, it's a continuation from Star Trek The Next Generation, the TV show and the films. And it was something that, well, both, you know, Patrick Stewart himself said, but I understand that the fan base sort of saw as somebody, as a character that we'd seen the end of in the film Star Trek Nemesis. And it had been a bit, you know, in my opinion, it had been a bit of a shoddy ending for that sort of, that, that series and, the, and those films. It sort of finished on a, on a low instead of a high. What were your sort of thoughts when you heard it mentioned that it was going to be coming back?
1: I was really shocked because um, the character the character's supposed to be 90-something years old in D.E.N.G. Mm-hmm. mythology. Um, and Patrick Stewart himself now is what he, 73, 70-something anyway. So mm-hmm. I was kind of hoping he would just last to be perfectly honest until the end of the series, which he has done very successfully. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually saw him at uh, Destination Star Trek last October. And the man's in great form, and mm-hmm. certainly he he got a standing ovation from the crowd because everyone loves uh, Patrick Stewart. He's got mm. great, great respect. He's such a fantastic actor, and he gives every everything he does is great gravitas. So it was a dream come true to hear that Picard was coming back again as a series
0: because he was there, wasn't he, promoting Picard who's at the event, the, the Star Trek event, and it was. He is somebody who comes across as a very genuine, nice sort of person. As you're right, he does bring extreme gravitas uh, to every role he plays. Now, uh, you know, I like to say that, you know, the man from Murfield has, you know, has done well. <laughs> and indeed, he has done well. The interesting thing you, I always wonder about when something of, like Picard comes back, because it's been so long since we've seen The Next Generation, since we've seen the films. Is it going to have legs? Will it survive? Because. You know, there's an example of something that came back that initially didn't do so well. Um It's like when The Axe Files came back as a film, the second film they well, did, sort of, it was, yeah, well, it was awful. Yeah, it basically sort of like, mm-hmm. it, it, it didn't find it, uh, its target audience, whereas when it came back as a TV series, it did. So whether, you know, they decided that this was a better way to go to get an audience, like uh, this may be what Amazon their great ability to take over sort of like the universe as it now is, deciding in the infinite wisdom to run the TV series. So you got a chance to see it, and obviously I'm thinking mm-hmm. that we can sort of share what we thought, you know, how we thought it went. I found it very interesting straight from the start. I mean, visually, it's stunning. The initial opening you see of it of the stars and the throwback with the Enterprise, the original Enterprise coming through space was just a fantastic opening point. But it was interesting, and I didn't get this until I viewed it again. He chose a, a piece of music that sort of lent that was another a wink to the last time we'd sort of seen data in the in the the last film that he Nemesis, a film that he a song that he sung at uh, the wedding of uh, uh Riker and Troy, which again is an interesting nod.
1: But yeah, also B four that was the last thing that B four had sang. Whenever the the end of Nemesis, um, yeah. he and Picard are in the room, Bacard's test him to see what sort of cognitive function he has. And after he, after he finishes speaking to B4, B4 starts to sing. And that was the song that he starts to hum along to.
0: That's true. Yeah, I'd forgotten about that. So, yeah. Yeah. Again, you'd have to be a, probably a, a deep fan, but again, would you not be deep fan if you won't watch this? I'm not so sure. But I found that interesting. You sort of go, you jump straight to a dream thing, but then we got interest introduced, didn't we, to a new female character? Well, jumping ahead of myself, we'd seen the fact that Picard is now living on the the grounds of the chateau that his family's you know owned. Uh, home that's gone through generations of his family. So he's sort of really far removed, isn't he, from the job of being a starship captain and being on uh, a ship. I found it interesting, though, that when we, we jumped to the female character, who I'm assuming is going to be very much central to this show, who was with a boyfriend, wasn't she, sat sort of like discussing yeah. she'd been accepted, I think, in Taika like, University?
1: Yeah, that uh, was the the institute in Japan, the Daystrom Institute. She would actually been accepted to it.
0: So at that point, everything's looking all sort of lovely and hunky dory, and she's there with a the boyfriend who was like cool, um, sort of like you know, yeah. reptile style skin and eyes. Uh, yeah,
1: he was. Uh, was it? I said in the nahian or whatever way you pronounce it. Um, actually, a character that was introduced in Discovery, one of the Discovery shorts. It's the uh, the queen of the of the uh, the planet that I was going to say they do some Kyber crystals, but that's Star Wars. <laughs> but they. <laughs> <laughs> do you see what i mean i'm getting myself mixed up but her planet does something fancy with some scientific shit anyway and um people are probably screaming at me at the moment no it's the blah 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 <laughs> i can't remember the name of it and it's uh it's late at night and uh but that that's so her her characters introduced that dear love him he thought he was going to get us get some action that night and he literally does end up getting some action <laughs> we he gets, gets a good the- stab but not the way he was hoping
0: yeah, he, get, he gets to feel the point of something, doesn't he? Because we he sort does. of he, he,
1: yeah, he feels more than a small prick.
0: <laughs> yeah, he feels several inches of uh, hard steel. Let's put it that way.
1: Well, I suppose so. it was right, right through the heart, so it was slightly romantic.
0: <laughs> is, I like your uh, I like your optimism there <laughs> uh, on that.
1: I'm just
0: a. <laughs> <laughs> So on that point, you really sort of hit the ground running, don't you? Because all these people suddenly just sort of, like transport in, yeah, and fight and shoot, and it sort of like goes on matrixy and shit, doesn't it? Because she suddenly develops yes. this ability to fight back.
1: Yeah, she took the right pill at that point because she, she becomes triggered be- and uh, and sort of what's what? What did they call it? Uh, they they, they give it a name for something that she becomes 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 actioned in some ways or. Yes started up, I can't remember what the way they describe it but yeah it just all kicks in her, her subdued training that she didn't even know that she had.
0: Yeah, because it freaks them out, doesn't it? Because they can see that something's going on that's triggered a response here and they're trying to stop her and she just sort of like basically clears the room like, you know, you know, sort of like Steven Seagal before he became really fat and un- unable to move <laughs> under his uh, room. His- <laughs>
1: completely Bruce lee their asses.
0: Yes, uh, yes.
1: With a, with, a, with a mask on as well, because they put the hood over her head so you that do. they could subdue yeah. her, and yeah, and then she was able to actually take them out. That's that's when she became triggered, and uh, she she takes them out from there and just kills kills them. Funny enough, you don't re- realise at that time that they're Romulans, but having mm-hmm. watched a, a video clip show afterwards that somebody had spotted a bit of green blood on the wall or the window and thought, "Oh, wonder are they Romulans." So obviously, there's more obsessive people even than we are in the world. The, the <laughs> study of in and depth.
0: And then obviously we cut from that to the, and this is, this showed like a level of, some people say it's sad, but you cut to the title sequence. And that in itself becomes a really interesting piece of art because what I think it also showed was it had little nods of probably what's going to form parts of the show. You know, it showed you little shots of things that have gone on previously will probably happen in the future of the show. Forms the show, uh, John luc Picard, and I love the fact that the music beautifully tapered off to using the Next Generation, you know, Star Trek theme at the end of it. And then you go straight into it. But again, you know, visually, there's no sort of there's no money being held back on what they're spending money on to make this look uh, sort of wonderful and exceptional.
1: Yeah, and then it was it, different from Discoveries.
0: hmm
1: Very, very different. Discoveries is more well, what was like conceptual art and. It was space-orientated. This takes a wee while before you get down. It's plant based so I'm surmising that must be the vines until it gets down to the granular level of, of space and the connection and the connection between everything. So it's it certainly was a different set of titles than I expected it to be.
0: And I wonder on one shot with the titles, it was trying to show the human eye a bit as well. I couldn't tell on that one if it was trying to show something that was a space thing or the human eye, because there's always been like... Thinking back on little shots of, like you know, showing sort of Picard's eye when they were doing Borg things to him and horrible stuff like that was something they show within the films. But hey, who knows? It's a title sequence. We could be seeing far more into it. Naturally, there is.
1: A uh, card was was sent to the more kinkier sort of clubs. <laughs>
0: Oh yeah, definitely that kinky element of a board club.
1: <laughs> yeah, but that, that's that's the whole fat life area, you know. He's yeah. he's gone beyond Grinder. He's been on Tinder. Now he's just gone straight to fat life.
0: I think you get into hell territory, territory. I mean, you get arms taken off, eyes plucked out.
1: <laughs> yeah, literally cost you an arm and a leg to join them. Oh, boom, boom. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so. I mean, as I said, Picard's on his vineyard and he interestingly has two Rom- Romulans who are there. It's um, like his caretakers, you know, house people.
1: They're a wee bit like, you know, when you get older and home help comes in a couple of times a day.
0: <laughs> it's true, yeah. <laughs> I didn't think of it. At least 90, you're supposed to be like 94, isn't he? So.
1: Yeah, yeah want a cup of tea. Yes. <laughs> you weren't sleeping again. And I'm thinking, this yeah. is jean Picard <laughs> they're talking to. Well, you're right because he
0: actually does make the point. He says you treat him like a benign old codger.
1: <laughs> That's exactly it. Do you want a cup of tea, Father?
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I still find, I do find it interesting within this show that you have the two Romulans—one who is Irish, one who I think is supposed to be British—and there just a seem a to be. Two
1: Romulans? That sounds like a, a comedy series from the eighties.
0: <laughs> yeah. But... <laughs> 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 There's obviously a lot of influence on having British people within this cast, who uh, will probably all turn out the majority of Britain out to be the bad guys
1: anyway. I, I think it's because I mean, we sound more intelligent. Well, maybe maybe not people from Northern Ireland, but people from from, from Ireland <laughs> and, and Great Britain probably sound What just it sounds sounds posh on screen.
0: The think we we sound more scary, and intimidating.
1: Intimidating as people from Northern Ireland.
0: <laughs> well. No, I'm saying nothing. <laughs> um, now, what I loved, what I loved in this show is I think we were introduced to the real star of the show. Despite, you know, it's not Sir Patrick Stewart. It's not any of these other people. I think he's, in fact, number one, his dog.
1: <laughs> Lovely story. But number one is he's actually a rescue dog. Really? Yeah. They, there was a, Will Wheatons doing a thing called Ready Room One, I think it's called, mm-hmm. on YouTube. And they have an interview with the directors. And they were saying that number one, I can't remember, the dog actually has a normal name as well. Uh, number one is a rescue dog, and he's not a professional actor. So he was slightly troublesome at times. Adorable, but slightly <laughs> troublesome. Yeah.
0: Going around eating. I think most
1: dogs you number two. Let's <laughs> face <crazy,
0: isn't> it. <laughs> now, it's the 24th century. The thing I couldn't get my head around is they still have TV shows, because Picard's being interviewed for like a news feed, isn't he? Again, which ties into the Kelvin timeline of the new films and things to discuss the uh, the destruction of the Romulan homeworld.
1: Yeah, I and, and it's that, that it's Federation News Network or something. Mm. Flip up, it's much better than CNN is these days.
0: Mm. But he's interviewed on that, and obviously it then becomes clear that Picard never took Kirk's advice, which was, you know, to never... Accept a promotion um, or anything that take, to quote, you know, Kirk, to take you off the bridge of the ship because why they can make a difference because he became an admiral. Now, I guess it is possible he became an admiral after, well, probably after the things he did where he basically taken the steps to save all the people, you know, all the Romulans from you know, death and destruction as the planet was falling apart um, because there was a big supernova. What I did find interesting in that is that, and it's something that's always been throughout Star Trek, if you really look at it, is there's always been, to a degree, a political message of peace and a reflection of the politics of the time. So, you know, in the 60s, we saw issues explored on the TV show with the the black and white characters uh, where they had different sides of their faces, black and white, to look at issues of race relations in the um, film of The Undiscovered Country, which had a similar thing of a planet blowing up. And we were looking at issues at the end of the Cold War, issues between the USSR and Russia and the the West, uh, providing them with assistance. And in the case of the show at this point, as I understand it, we're looking at the concerns people have about relocation of illegal immigrants, immigration issues, which is reflected within the show because they talk about the fact that these people are found to be homeless and Picard took the heroic steps to rehouse these people. And, of course, the question asked uh, by the interviewer is, these people, were, like basically sort of paraphrase them, these people were our enemy. Why mm-hmm. did you want to help them? And Picard responded, yeah. well, they're still people.
1: Yeah, um, very much a Trump sort of angle on yeah. things.
0: And they've sort of argued that. And apparently I always have a person I have a slight concern on that when – a show tries to reflect something that's happening say, politically of the time. Because I'm thinking, is this what I want? Or, when I, or do I want to be able to just put my brain neutral and enjoy sci-fi? And then you think, well, the amount of times that reality impacts upon the way something is done in a show, and could provide a positive response or a mirror of sorts. It probably is quite a good thing. But actually, I do like it. I find it an interesting way they're doing it. I don't know how you feel on that, whether you it's being something similar.
1: Didn't jar with me at all. I mean, I'm a big Doctor Who fan, but mm-hmm. a lot of the, the um, criticism is, uh, of it at the moment is because it's become too PC, it's become mm-hmm. too left-wing as it were, too politicised. And there have been a couple of episodes. Well, there was one about recycling recently. It was it was uh, set on the planet that had been Earth before it, and mm-hmm. there was a very hard-hitting climate change message in the end. And I would be certainly would be very supportive of environmentalism and. And and doing our bit for the planet, but it just felt mm-hmm. a wee bit hard hitting at the end of that. But whereas with Picard, I thought it was it was a very reasonable thing to say. He equated the the movement of the Romulans to Dunkirk, and mm. and the fact that uh, the news reporter, you know, she equated it to the to you know the pyramids, and he, he said no no that's 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 pure vanity. This was the movement. Mm. This was basically you know the salvation of, of another humanity really, and or R- Romulanity I suppose, and. I thought it was very I thought it said more about the character of Jean Luc than it did even from a political point of view that the fact that it it doesn't matter to him. He he sees to him saving a life and saving saving a civilization is the good thing. And there's there's a Shakespearean quote actually he mentions later on. Can't quite remember what it is. Something to do with a, a good man and honesty and all this here. He really does hold himself to these very high standards. That he maybe doesn't necessarily hold anybody else to, but certainly himself, for him to fail in saving this civilization, he, he couldn't take it in, in, anymore that the fact that Starfleet wouldn't support him. So he, he resigned as Admiralty because he, he didn't want the guilt associated with that because he couldn't. He knew then he couldn't hold himself to the standard that he wanted to. Because Starfleet wouldn't let him.
0: I think it's the fact that probably, Dennis, we are fans. People should not be so surprised that you see Picard doing that. And I do see whether it's that message but it's that I've mentioned earlier about it being a message of taking something political and adding it to the Star Trek universe or something that's happening out. But it shouldn't be so much for surprise with Picard because if you look back on his, you were talking about his personality. It's something that you saw happen in the insurrection films where he um, saw something similar happen, where they're trying to sort of force, uh, force relocation of people he's sort of saying this is not what we're about, this should not be what the you know Starfleet is about and we as people. But yeah, with Picard, it's very much a principled stance, isn't it? But it was interesting to see that possibly the argument wasn't, there was an annoyance about moving the people who have been the enemy, but it seemed to be this real backlash against what happened with the quote-unquote synthetics, going almost like Skynet style from Terminator and sort of turning upon the creators and going like a mass killing spree.
1: Yeah, I, Utopia Planitia, I think it's pronounced, that was their shipyards up there and, and and destroying those. Yeah. yeah, That's that's going to be actually interesting to investigate. Why did the synths decide that the Romulans weren't worth saving and that... Mars should go the way it did. Apparently, the atmosphere still on fire as well.
0: Yeah, they were saying that. Yeah, because Picard had the big dream, didn't he?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, sat chatting to data, and then he says, you know, we were around, you know, we plotted a course to Mars, and you see Mars explode, burning. And Picard does the thing that, to be fair, you would expect of Picard to do, which is where he's been questioned the things he doesn't want to be questioned, and he's been very specific to do this interview, say, all we're going to discuss is, what had happened with the solar explosion, they, as a real-life reporter would do, tried to push mm-hmm. uh, him to answer the things he doesn't want to answer. So He says, that's it, yeah. we're we done.
1: Well, that was one of his stipulations for doing the interview, which he hadn't, he hadn't done an interview for a long time. I will not be answering why my relationship with Starfleet ended. And your woman pushed him on it. She was determined she <laughs> she was going to get the answer. I thought, you bitch. I'm <laughs> alone. You bitch.
0: <laughs> I think... Do- <laughs> I did find that the one thing that I thought was interesting was the clothing because they were dressing very much for the twenty-fourth century with still like a twenty-first century or older style of clothing between the woman in tune it and what Picard was wearing. Whereas I think when it was a show they always tried to make it look a slightly a bit more futuristic, but they'd sort of step back with the, the clothing on them at this point. Picard was almost like he was going to like sort nineteenth of century. Or very early twentieth century clothing with his choice of tie and suit, which I thought was a bit of a strange thing.
1: Yeah, I had actually read uh, read something about that as well. The producers and the creators, they didn't want everything to be really, you know, really far fetched, you know, floating cities, all this. They wanted us to keep it kind of more realistic than Mm. actually for what an awful lot of Star Trek has gone on before. Even Greater Boston that it shows you. The buildings are recognisable as buildings. In fact, one of them has a, a sign up for Ferengi alcohol, and uh, uh, different bits and pieces that you would recognise from other from other parts of the the TV shows. Wow! And Cassidy Yates flights, you know, from uh, Deep Space Nine. So there's, I mean, this this thing is riddled with Easter eggs. Even, I mean, that scene you're talking about where his uh, his housekeeper is. Fixing his tie before he goes in for the interview. Somebody had spotted and a few few people now have started to comment on it. So one one person spots it and it probably becomes becomes part of the myth. But there's a, a hat in the background. The hat, yes. It, yeah, yeah. Looks like the character that he played in the hollow suite, the, the thrillers. I can't remember the name of that character actually.
0: Uh, yeah, I can't think of it either. Um
1: You do know people are shouting at us now. It's blah blah blah.
0: I know there'll be people calling you fucking
1: idiots
0: you
1: know you can't even fucking remember two old people here doing a podcast fuck off and leave us alone <laughs>
0: uh, here's the deal listeners if you know if there's anything you want to pick us up on you know you can tweet us send tweets and you know we'll take whatever abuse you want to send. well I'll take whatever abuse John, well, I'll take whatever abuse you want to send my way
1: yeah use me at Hedge Scout <laughs> <laughs>
0: So you've got this character, Daj, who's obviously got all these weird powers, and she sees Picard on the old TV of sorts, and they start shops with TVs in, and she's had a flash, hadn't she, off Picard in her subconscious, I think, when she was during or, you know, just after the fight, so she doesn't know he, who he is, but she wants to know about him, and sees him as some sort of solace or leader or whatever, but we'll explore that in a moment, but I get the impression that Picard, obviously, you know, he has a vineyard, so he drinks wine, he has real wine. I get the impression he probably eats a lot of very strong cheese. And I get oh, the impression because he seems to be dreaming a hell of a lot.
1: Oh, yeah, he's eating cheese late at night. Oh, imagine the farts as well. Oh that <laughs> cheese
0: and wine late at night. <laughs> I reckon Have he's as well. <laughs>
1: He's probably blaming it. Number one, number one, you dirty <laughs> bastard! You farted again. And the housekeeper's going, "Yeah, yes, yeah, yes. Yeah, no, no, no problems, Sean. Look, yeah. Oh, we know it's the dog. Maybe Romulans don't have a good sense of smell.
0: Oh, um, mate. Yeah. <laughs> Let's hope. <laughs> <laughs> You've got to think. Picard must seriously his diet must just be like every. Really, yeah, you know, hope that is not lactose intolerant because his dream levels suggest he must be eating cheese non-stop because all he seems to do is dream about data. And weird stuff on those those lines, and it all sort of at that point it sort of goes around a painting, doesn't it? It's he keeps, you know, having these sort of dreams. And something I found interesting is that if it was me and somebody I've never ever met before just turns up at my house asking for help, I don't know if I'd be a sort of. I mean, I, I recognize it's an attractive young woman, but. I'm pretty sure that I would not be as welcoming as Picard was. To say, yeah, I'll, you know, come along, I'll help you, and you can, you can stay here for a bit. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I might be like, what the hell do you want? You know, who are you?
1: Even when people turn up at my door, because I live out in the countryside, so there's nobody really around me. Uh, what I like to call it, the arsehole of nowhere. When people turn up at my door, I'm like, you're off my land, because I don't know who they are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so if I had a, if I had a been sitting out in the backyard and somebody turned up, I'd have probably been well. I don't have a baseball bat, but I probably would have gone back into the house again to go and get my bow, <laughs> and come my brandishing an arrow at them. Because like,
0: so there's a there's a lesson there for any odd people who want to disturb Joanne. Don't yeah. do it. She's she's into archery. She will take you down. It by the Hunger Games.
1: Yeah, we turned up at the door last week trying to do a Bible study with me. <laughs> Yeah, I saw your post-seen my that. post about me tell him I was a satanist, which is true, hand on heart, I am a satanist. I was doing the ironing for fuck's sake. I had things to do. It was it was well behind. It was weeks behind. I wasn't gonna interrupt my ironing to hear some Bible thump. <laughs> <laughs> Last time he wanted to come in and talk to me about it. I thought, no, I told him that I don't want you to waste my time, I have ironing to do. I have my priorities.
0: Now, one thing I did notice um about that from having seen the trailer to to Picard that they actually seem to have cleared up the show is In the trailer, Data's wig and makeup look truly appalling at the period when he shows the painting to Picard, but they seem to have actually cleared that up. He sort of looks like his old self.
1: He looked like he had taken an allergy to Picard's cheese. (laughs) (laughs) His face was so bloated. (laughs) I can't take this much cheese anymore.
0: (laughs) Yeah. He's having a violent allergic reaction. (laughs)
1: <laughs> I flashbacks the last time before I made cheese and Nemesis
0: <laughs> so
1: <laughs> before that's what it is before cheese
0: yeah <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of B4, it's taken us on perfectly. To Picard turns up in his strange old man civilian clothes because he really it really is wearing the ultimate sort of old man... I'm not even sure what the jacket's made out of, but it is like, you know, he's wearing sort of khakis and um, some sort of old sort of leather jacket thing. So he turns up... I'm not sure where he's supposed to be, but he basically goes to his... He has, like, his very own specific thing, doesn't he, in the um, the archives, which yes, is brilliantly a... set up mm-hmm. because it has like a model of the Enterprise, do you model of I think the Stargazer the
1: yes first, know, yep.
0: the ship the yacht is it the yacht or something the captain's yacht that he's once used yes and he gets <laughs> to go into whatever he has in storage um, and he finds a the painting he dreamt about is in there and it's a painting of the Datra had done of the daughter mm-hmm. a striking resemblance to Dash or Dash oh yeah Dash the uh, the girl. Yeah, um, I was a bit confused by this. I want to see what you make of this. So Diana, she's sat around. She's done a runner, which again is, means she was a terrible house guest.
1: Okay, oh, cool. maybe she uh, could uh, stand down the smell of cheese. She <laughs> woke home about five a.m. this morning. The dog was in her bed because it was hot. it was nicer smelling in her room.
0: <laughs> <The dog's owling. laughs>
1: So at about four in the morning, the has just woken up and thought, I can't fucking take this smell anymore. (laughs) She's done a runner, even even though with her special senses and everything, it's probably overpowered her. And dogs dogs taking over her bed, Um, housekeepers up because obviously she can't take the smell now either. She's probably been on the wine too. And uh, I think they're all just pissed probably in this program.
0: (laughs) Can you imagine staying with Picard? I mean, you'd be sort of having he's eating all that cheese, he's having weird dreams, he's probably having like night scream terrors where he screams and talks to himself.
1: Yes. The only thing he didn't give her was a word original. <laughs> <laughs> Would you like it, sweetie? <laughs> well
0: as long as I mean, the the one thing I did like about this is at least, you know, Picard didn't come across as pervy.
1: No, um uh, his his main redhead squeeze. She I wonder will she turn up? Dr. Beverly Crusher. Well,
0: I, I understand it uh, from something I saw on Twitter from Gates McFadden. No, not in this series, but he's hoping for the next series she's going to turn up. Because I was re- that is, I mean, it's interesting. I love the fact you raised that one actually, because I really wanted them to sort of be together, or at least have some kind of relationship going on. But yeah, I mean, this is where you see that distinct difference between Picard and Kirk, because with Kirk, you're probably hitting on her. Uh, yeah. and even in an advanced years. <laughs>
1: Oh yeah, Justin doesn't worth thinking about. Do you know? I swear, I, I only started to watch. I started to watch the, the original series recently because I only really that shameful. Okay, shameful admission time. I only got into Star Trek because of Discovery. Now I know a lot of people hate Discovery, but it kind of got me back into it. My mate Andy Palacides, who who has the Great Derelict podcast, kept sending me. When you fucking watch Star Trek, you love it, and I went, "No, I'm seeing this guy called Star Wars, and I don't really have time for anybody else." And I decided to download some when I went on holiday, and I fell in love with Star Wars or Star. Oh gosh, sorry, Star Trek. And uh, I've You've been, been watching ever so. since. I know. Whoops. See, this is it. The, the problem is when you date two men both with their first names called Star, <laughs> or you just call them Star. You know, whenever getting really excited, I can get away with it then much easier. <laughs> but so I was. I've been watching. I decided that it, r- randomly I would watch the original series last, mm-hmm. and I've kind of been taking my time with it because I seen it years ago. When I, was, when I was a kid. and didn't think it was great, but Netflix are showing it now and they've tidied it up and it's amazing. But it was series one, episode 29, the one where they go back in time. It's Ell- It was a Har- Harlan Ellison one and mm-hmm. absolutely fantastic, but his speech pattern changes there. It's up <laughs> completely. He, he talks normally right up until episode 29.
0: Interesting. It's, so is that the Shatnerism? Is
1: that's the exactly it. The Shatnerism.
0: He breaks up everything to yes. put emphasis on stuff, which is what I was trying to say to you when we were talking, when I sent you that thing, when I, you mentioned you've seen it, and I thought, do you mean he speaks every single yes. Yeah,
1: No staccato. And it's just, and I can see Spock looking at him a couple of times and say, what drugs do you want mate? But, uh, you know, are you, I have to say, are you eating cheese? Yeah. <laughs> and that'll be the new euphemism for drugs. Yeah. Cheddar, things like that.
0: <laughs> I will say, I've met Bill Shatner, what, three times now? Nice guy. Yeah. What, is he 84 now or older? And if I'm not ah. that good, if I'm even alive at that age, I'll be happy. So.
1: This is a very important yeah. question. Did you try to
0: kiss him? Did I what? Tried to kiss him? Yeah. I got close enough where I could have kissed him because... Uh. Well, the thing, I already sort knew this in advance, but uh, Bill shatners he's pretty badly deaf through, obviously, pre-age, but also tinnitus from a an explosion when he made Star Trek. So when I was getting him to sign something, he couldn't work my name out, so I had to lean him incredibly close. So, yes, I could have kissed Bill Shatner, a.k.a. Captain Kirk, on the cheek, should I wished.
1: Yeah, um, you and me. See, you're, you're Bill Shatner. I'm I'm lethal weapon. My, my love could have been Danny Glover last December when I almost kissed him. Again, same thing. He leans in because he's safe. But yeah. I mistook that for the French kissy-kissy thing and uh, <laughs> almost got away with it. Lucky enough, I did stop myself from kissing him. Might have been a hell of a shock for the man. It would have been an awful if he had a taken a heart attack that morning and couldn't go to the convention.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think it would have been all right if you kissed Danny Glover. I think he would have been flattered and very happy. If I kissed Bill Shatner, I think I would have been... Uh, you know, restraining a lot of getting pinned to the ground and beaten up by security guards.
1: It would have been a bit embarrassing if Danny Glover had a squeal like a girl but if I would have kissed him that morning. <laughs> so
0: I'm going, I might go, but only wanted an autograph. <laughs>
1: no. Those it's blowjobs out of the question. No, I thought you just wanted to kiss. <laughs> and that's me asking him that, not even the other way around.
0: <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> That's an entirely different lifestyle choice for me if
1: I'd gone that route, but... (laughs) (laughs) You can't take me nowhere. (laughs) Anyway, anyhow... (laughs) Yes, we're here to talk about Star Trek, aren't we? Yeah. (laughs) Right. Back,
0: taking out the filth, uh, which is, you know... Well, let's bear a seat until we could, (laughs) We could never not (laughs) go slightly filthy. (laughs) So, Old Man Picardo, his Old Man, you know, Leather Jacket, Chino's Ensemble stumbles out in shock from the uh, the archive area and strangely managed to run into Daj again. You know, who would have saw that one coming? What I find very odd in this scene, though, is I know they have to move the show forward. I know they've got to move. But he seems to take all the information he's given from her, where he starts trying to say to her, we think you're synthetic. We don't know if you're a real person. He all seems to feel very rushed it's the sort of thing where I don't know everybody seemed a little too accepting almost of what was going on
1: maybe it's because he's he's tripping tripping balls at night you know on the cheese this isn't as mental as I'm dreaming about this is this is quite normal yeah I'll accept it what but if it's, it's all just
0: a giant cheese based dream though
1: yes this is it I'm lying <laughs> in my room somewhere <laughs> no, covered in Wensley deal. <laughs> 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 but a bit of Stilton stuck up his nose <laughs> Number one lamb beside him farting as well. I mean, it's just, it probably seems quite normal. But yes, you're right, he is, he is very accepting of this. Though I suppose if you'd lived to 90 and seen the things that he had done, you'd either be a raving, paranoid, schizophrenic, or you would may- maybe be accepting of the fact that, that shit happens. And my goodness, this is quite exciting shit. Because I think he's probably been, been quite bored in that vineyard. And he even says at one, one point that he's fed up waiting around to die. Yeah, certainly this is a lot more exciting than he's had recently.
0: It, but it, again, it, it you know to to look back as a fan when I mentioned about generations earlier, that conversation where Kirk you know says to Picard about making a difference again. And this is I guess what we're, we're sort of seeing here. But another interesting rumour I just remembered that I'd, I'd read about why some of this seems a bit choppy in the fact that the the sudden acceptance of something is the fact that things were chopped up by Amazon to create shorter shows. So there may be more extended scenes of what was going on. But it all just seems very interesting that, to me, they're very much more accepting what's happened than you might have a slight more sceptical view. But I guess you're right, Picard has seen a bit at the forefront of so much Mm -hmm. that that he may be more willing than others to take things on um, and to accept things and deal with things. But... I then love that when they're trying to get out of there because some of the bad guys appear with their weird uh, guns. That was she a perfect nod to the fact that Picard is old now. Yes, so he's a proper old man, and I love that because he's trying to get up the stairs. He's going, "You've got to give me a minute. I can't, you know, do this." Um, oh,
1: I felt so sorry for him. There I was like, "Hang on a minute, hang on a minute." I mean, if you've if you've ever tried to rush somebody who's elderly, mm. it's, it's 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 awful because they're they're. Dear Lovin', they're trying their best, but you're trying to get them somewhere else in a hurry, and it's never a happy, <laughs> a happy sight to see. But yeah, he, he plays the, I'm buggered, please go away for a moment and leave me alone. But he knows that he has to he has to get a wriggle on. It must be very frustrating for him, for the character too, because yeah. in TNG, he's so physically fit. I mean, mm. he was in his 50s then, and, mm. and he did that, um, do you remember the episode, of There Are Four Lights?
0: Oh, oh God, it? yeah. That's wow. a phenomenal, what that's, an
1: episode!
0: yeah. That's phenomenal acting. Phenomenal yeah. acting.
1: Where Picard is taken to Torture Garden in London, stripped bare, and, and it was a very kinky-looking thing, actually. Him Picard's bare bum, and even at the age of 50, <laughs> he's still in great physical shape. But, um, yeah, he, definitely, that was... He must have paid for a really good night.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, David Warner, you evil bastard, you...
1: Um, <laughs> well, he had to, he, obviously, he couldn't remember a safe word, and that's why he got stuck there for so long <laughs> the safe word was four lights yeah (laughs) four four lights that's the safe word
0: (laughs) wow I'm never ever going to watch that episode in the same way now
1: (laughs) first thing I thought of when I seen it wow it's Torture Garden in London (laughs) Picard in a special dungeon
0: hey I would say what stays in the holiday you know whatever goes on stays in the holiday but it wasn't even the holiday was it I mean what filth must have got on and gone on in the holiday is absolutely Mind-boggling, no.
1: I hope what they was- nanobots to clean up the mess that must have been in there. I mean, yeah. what did you call the character that was always spent in time in the holodeck and, and he ended up appearing in, in Voyager as well? Oh, my yeah. God, There's a man that probably wanked himself to death on several occasions. <laughs> <laughs> no, really. Beverly Crusher must have had to come down and rescue him and hydrate him. I mean, he, yeah. that man must have just been dust. He
0: must have just been constantly injected the anal- analgesics. Oh, yeah. Uh, To ease the... I bet he must have had a hand like a claw.
1: He probably could have bench-pressed Worf with one hand. Although you'd think (laughs) that
0: far in the future that they would have created it. I doubt that would happen. I think there'd be a machine that would do it all for him, actually. You think so? Yeah. Just
1: lie on your hand and pretend it's somebody else when you can't feel it?
0: (laughs) But he's an engineer. You know he would have created some weird sex robot that you're just doing in the holodeck.
1: That's true. That's a really good one. Something Troy-shaped.
0: Oh, Definitely, <laughs> but I also wonder what Riker got up to in there. But that's one for another episode.
1: Well, uh, Riker was prepared to fuck anything, <coughs> like I mean, he was animal, mineral. It, it, even if remember the one with it was an androgynous planet, and they were kind of both genders, and they made a decision that was actually yeah. quite forward thinking. For, particularly, even watching it now, that he didn't see it. It was just it was love, and that should be that. But Riker Riker's really willing to give everything a go. You think about the amount of chairs that he fucked and got the leg over within the next generation. Don't give me that. I was bad it was bad. He was just he was just winding things up. He was sexually turned on by chairs. That's why he was always throwing his leg over them. The fact that we, the chair couldn't reciprocate, he never realized. It it took him <laughs> six seasons before he or five seasons whatever many seasons there were, for him to finally stop fucking chairs.
0: You've got to think though with Riker, that the beauty of Riker is the fact that it, the androgynous planet—is that the one where he went down in disguise, and or if we got it mixed up, where this female alien said she'd free him, but he had to have sex with her?
1: This is not nice one of your keys dreams now, is it? <laughs> like <I> remember <laughs> one, of my fevered, one of my
0: fevered uh, Stilton dreams now. <laughs> 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 no, it was definitely an episode because the lady in question was played by, uh, by, by a lady called B.B. Newworth, who, um, if you ever watched Frasier, played um, Lilith on Frasier. But that was like, it just showed you what an absolute intergalactic stud Riker must have been if some alien wanted to have sex with him as a price of yeah. being free.
1: He was uh, he was captured as a medical experiment. Yes, She <laughs> let him go free as well. He must have been one hell of a good ride like he really would have.
0: Riker, you manhole.
1: <laughs> and she wasn't even chair shaped, so loved that he obviously didn't have any. But it didn't matter really to him. I would say he probably did some amount of damage in Rice every, every time he went there. <laughs> probably had to restock the staff, hose them down. I think he's right. a bigger manhole, really, than Kirk.
0: Can you imagine Kirk, him Kirk. and Kirk? Him and Kirk were, were yeah, he is. He's a bigger manhole than Kirk.
1: Kirk is a virgin compared to Riker.
0: Definitely. Yeah, I mean, I was always impressed by Riker, mainly because he just, like, took no shit from anybody at all, and yeah, basically, yeah, was just the man, nothing, he could sort of deal with sort of most things, and the fact that he had to take over when, you know, Picard got bogged, I think he would have probably been a very effective Enterprise captain, Uh, but we digress, unfortunately. So, poor old Picard has had his 94-year-old bones dragged up the stairs by the young woman, and... Then, you know, the bad guys are attacking them and she goes all Matrixy and shit again with all her inbuilt, you know, Keanu Reeves powers. Um, yeah, that
1: was good. The big leap into the air onto the stairs where the Romulans yeah. were.
0: Well, as as luck would have it, Joanne, I've got it on in the background with the sound off and we are literally on that exact scene. When you said the jumpy part, she did the huge jump. So clearly they're on top of what looks like some multi-story car park somewhere where they're uh, shooting and fighting. I mean, it all goes a bit horribly wrong, doesn't it? Because she shoots one of them, or is about to, and it goes into what I can only say, and this is where I love. And I thought of you when I first ever even saw this, we have gone into one of your favourite areas, which is looks like we're crossing into Alien.
1: Yes, for <laughs> the acid. Yeah, that's great acid. Actually, that particular that area that they were shooting in, you know, all the fighting went on. And it reminded me whenever you go to a comic convention and all those cosplayers are outside. And we're yes. in many yes. everywhere and there's photographers. And that's what I thought. This just is like MCM London at the Excel Centre. And we're all outside, <laughs> pretend to be heroes or manga characters or whatever the fuck we're dressed in that day. And the photographers are, are bouncing around. And that's just what that reminded me of. See, whenever I see steps like that, I think, oh, it's a great photo opportunity there.
0: So the acid—it's proper acid—because it blows her up, which then allows.
1: Oh, the acid that he—he's had sort of like a death capsule, suicide capsule in his mouth. He spit on that, and then he spat the acid. It actually hit the gun, hit the rifle that she had, and then the rifle exploded. She started to melt, but the rifle exploded and that really wiped her out altogether.
0: And ah, right. So that's what the big explosion was. That it wasn't like she. Was, yeah.
1: Right. I thought that at first, and then looked into it a bit more. Ah, oh, right. Okay, that makes sense. Because she remembers she screams because the gun starts to heat up. It starts to melt, but then, then she realises it's also, she's also starting to melt too, and the acid's yeah. starting to burn through her, and mm. then the gun blows up.
0: And, yeah, that's true. And then somehow 94-year-old Picard gets, well, not somehow, he gets blown through the air, and then he has a camembert dream.
1: Um, yes. Actually, he did have two broken hips and a pelvis for lipstick out of that.
0: Which does also show the brilliant fact that one of the other... Stri- now, I couldn't get my head around this, because... Unless he just rolled it up and left it, but in his, he has a flashback to his storage room thing, and it has the happy uh, the Captain Picard day banner yeah, up, not nice. Which I would have thought would have been destroyed when the Enterprise gets destroyed in generations, but it must have been put in storage somewhere and shipped off, obviously.
1: Exactly the same thing. Whenever I seen that, I thought, "How's that still surviving?" But maybe it meant something to him, so he or or maybe it's a replicated version.
0: Hmm. Or maybe it's one of many because they were supposed, to, I think, had a few of them, but. You hit the nail on the head which is how does an old man who's 94 have no injuries and end up in his chateau again, which is a mm-hmm. huge plot hole gap. And these lovely housekeepers brief him what's happened. As you said, he sort of gets upset, reflects, doesn't he, on the fact that he's this old guy's just been sat around. Not doing anything, not making a difference. Keep going back to that now, thinking about that big thing generations, you know, the ability to make a difference. is obviously mm-hmm. what's eating away at him that he's he's no longer at the forefront of things. And he, he realizes that he needs to do more with himself. He sees this as a way of going forward, doing things. And obviously he wants to find out what's happened with this girl.
1: That the girl, now she'd actually been accepted to it. Hang on, I've got it written down here somewhere. Dastromant Institute yeah. of Advanced Synthetic Research in Okinawa. Mm.
0: Nice I'll let like take it away, Joanne. You seem to know well on this one.
1: Yeah, he, he meets, um, hang on, I've got her name here because I'm terrible with names. Uh, hang on, if I can find her. He meets he meets some bird there. <laughs> um, Agnes Jurati. So she's uh, one of the researchers and one of the scientists in in the Institute. And he said to uh, her, he asked her, basically, is it possible to make a nage? And she says no. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he actually thought she was joking at first until he showed her. One thing that we did mention earlier is whenever she came to see a card in his, in his vineyard, mm-hmm. um, she actually left her necklace behind.
0: Yes, which, that's true. The the double uh, like rings yeah. necklace, yeah.
1: Yeah, so he, she, she left that behind. And it seems to symbolise twins which you don't realise at the time, but the doctor goes on to explain that um, the original researcher, that he's, let me see if I can find his name. No, 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 no. No, can't remember. I'd have to look it up on the net and that would take too long. Maddox, I think it might be. Mm-hmm. He, She seems to think that he, he might have actually designed Nash uh, from a mere small part of um, data. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, and it doesn't take much, whatever the positronic energy or. Dude asked, "Made up stuff works." He's gone AWOL, so nobody can mm-hmm. find him. So she thinks maybe that he has made Naj. But mm-hmm. in fact, whenever you make one of these, you don't make one; you make two, and they're twins. Mm-hmm. So you got this shock and realization that yes, Naj may be dead, but actually, Naj's sister could still be out there. Mm-hmm. I
0: mean, what I find interesting though is the fact that when he walks in, she immediately starts saying, "You know, Admiral, what he here for?" So he tells, and she's saying that's an absolute possibility why do you think that could be the case you said can i tea with one and she so yeah. sort of like takes him really seriously but wouldn't you you know injecting uh the cynicism i have i'm a scientist and some old 94 year old admiral comes to me and tells me this i'd be like are you off your meds old man yeah. <laughs> you know, are you okay
1: <laughs> should you not be home mm-hmm. yeah. have you any well, cheese on you yeah. Yeah, where's you stick? Do you want some tea? <laughs> yes. Would you like to sit down? Where's your Romulan help? <laughs> You're telling me this weird shit. Yeah, sure, I'll believe you. Yeah. I-, I laugh at you at first. But within about three seconds, I'm going to believe everything you tell me.
0: Again, which Even- does make me wonder if there's been a bit of cutting. But I guess they've got to move it forward. So that's my cynicism.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, well, I mean, it gets interesting then when she pulls her sex doll out of the drawer. <laughs> in bits hard She must be on them but it turns out it's that, B4 yeah now
0: that that yeah, yeah, so made me laugh because one of the first things I ever said when I saw the trailer to this was <laughs> why is like Picard got all the bits of data like a sex doll in a drawer <laughs> <It's
1: like, laughs> well that's Japan
0: out. yeah <laughs> he seems to then bring out and speak this was just on the first trailer I'm like that looks creepy <laughs>
1: <laughs> here's one I prepared earlier <laughs>
0: And I got the distinct impression in the this this place, and I've got it in front of me as we speak, is that it looks like it's been retrofitted by either Apple uh, <laughs> or, or IKEA or both. <laughs> I get a strong <laughs> IKEA and Apple vibe off the uh <laughs> it the Days Draw Institute.
1: <laughs> it must have been everybody must have been on a half day.
0: Yeah. Well, it's supposed to clear out, isn't it? Because there's no staff anymore. I also have to be honest, you know when we mentioned the fact that Dave looks like a sex doll?
1: Yes. When they
0: open it up, or B4, he's, he honestly, this sounds terrible, but his face looks like he's having some sort of orgasm.
1: Yes, it's like, his oh. Eyes, his eyes are rolling back into his head. <laughs> <I don't know>. <laughs> <laughs> well, do don't forget, if he's anything like Data, he's instructed in multiple techniques. That's and he's true. He's proficient at multiple techniques.
0: I want to ask yeah. why you remember that specifically.
1: <laughs> yes, and it could be if you're if you're uh, if you have multiple techniques. Surely, multiple techniques could be used on yourself. And you're, if you're in a drawer for a very, very long time, and he's probably been in that drawer for maybe twenty years.
0: That's true. Yeah. <laughs> you get <blown> very easily.
1: <laughs> you would, wouldn't you? Let's face it. You're on your own for five minutes. You think I could crack one off here? Yeah. What happens if you're there for twenty years?
0: I mean, to be fair, she probably brings him out, you know, puts him back together and has a quick go on him. (laughs) Because there's nobody else in that room, is there?
1: No wonder, she was all giggly when Picard arrived. Maybe she just had some fun. Shit, I better put him back up, put him away again.
0: Or maybe it's the fact that she's feeling guilty, thinking, oh crap, he's going to ask me something. He's going to want to see the doll. What do I do?
1: (laughs) What I didn't notice was the charge lead hanging down the side of the desk. (laughs) Before and after.
0: <laughs> oh, very good! I like it. Very good. Before and after.
1: <laughs> that was <the> after face. You <laughs> get us yeah. before face and Nemesis. We get us after face and Picard.
0: <laughs> so. In our, in, our, oh God, in our weird Ikea, uh, Apple, Mac, store, sci-fi world that they're now in. I mean, you just said it. They're discussing the fact that it's certainly a possibility. You now, this could have happened. This guy is a throwback. Again, it's that lovely little interlink, The scientist, who from what I remember reading was the scientist who questioned data's ability to become considered a real person. It all went on trial, didn't it? Um, something of life, I think it was called. You, as you said, they, they work out. It had to be a twin. It Had to be a second sort of uh, creature cre- uh, creature. That's terrible. A second life. And we see the the little um, uh, necklace, which then cuts to a lovely shot in space of the Romulans, who seem to now have slightly different ships than I ever remember,
1: and a different symbol as well. They're not yes. the, the eagles not holding the the twin planets of Romulus and Remus.
0: Yes, They're not anymore. No, yeah, and they go into a reclamation site. Which is full of basically, it's like a, like a rock video. It does. So lots of air and people with longish hair and beards. Now we see this this guy. Uh, you know, I'm seeing it from now. But this guy walks through rather, you know, falsely on on his uh, rock set. And I knew I recognised him, but I didn't know what from. It's a guy called Harry Treadaway who was in um, a program. If you've never got a chance to see it, I highly recommend it. Called Penny Dreadful, where he played. Uh, Victor Frankenstein. And I only realised that earlier today. I was sort of looking at a picture of him from other stuff he'd done. And then, interestingly, he's playing a Romulan. He he goes to see a woman who is, in fact, Daji's twin.
1: Yes. Yes. She is called, because I keep calling Daj Naj as well. uh, What's she called? Uh,
0: Suji, I believe.
1: Suji Asha. Yeah. It's funny, actually, you were saying about the acceptance of things being told. Yeah. She. Kind of accepts everything he tells her. Oh, I yeah. had a brother, uh, but it's a really sad story. Oh, maybe I could listen to it sometime. I thought that's the worst chat up line in the world.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's. I find it interesting that she she mentions she had a sister.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, doesn't she? But there's no mention from Dash. No Dash, no she had a sister. It's a weird one.
1: It was strange. You're wondering how much self awareness Suji has, actually. Mm. Of. Does she know that she's uh, a replicant of some mm. description?
0: Because Dash um, had no idea. Dash had all these sort of saying, like you know, that was again that thing. But that was the thing that threw me when they're outside the uh, the halls of record sort of place. That she, he's saying to you, the you know, you, you I believe you were created from this wonderful person data. And she's going, no, but I had a family. I have memories. I had a dad. I had a mum. And she doesn't seem as sort of freaked out, you know. If somebody came to me and said, "Well, you're not human," I'd be like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" You know. be I mean?
1: uh-huh. Of course, I'm human. Look, I can, I can, I can see the veins in my hands. I can. Yeah, yeah. I, I have memories. It's the, the self awareness, especially at that age, as well. It's she was still the character's what maybe early twenties. It's mm. it's a lot for somebody of that age to take on board.
0: Reality has yeah. been turned on its head.
1: It's funny, actually, you said about this acceptance stance mm. all the way through it. Here's this mad shit. Yes, I accept that. Thank you very much for telling me this yeah. mad shit. Mad shit. I shall take this now as my own. And there is just that, you know, they believe everything they're told. Well, okay, fair enough. She initially had trouble believing it, but yeah, yeah it's a bit... Do you know, I must look for that in episode two mm-hmm. to see if it's the same sort of thing.
0: Mm. Now, I'm going to I think you'll pick me on this one because you're far better on things like this than me.
1: <laughs> if it's filth related, yes, I probably could. But if it's anything else, who's <laughs> no
0: <laughs> Is it well, well? I'll ask you about something filthy another time. <laughs> so, well, the ships come out, and there are all these really freaking cool-looking Romulan ships, and I never ever twinged that it was actually meant to be this. I looked, I thought, wow, that really does look like a bog thing. And then I never realized it's meant to be a ball thing, isn't it? There's some sort of. The Romulans look like they are into some sort of. Deals you the wrong word, but.
1: Traded that in some. They've got it on eBay or something, this board cube. <laughs> eBay <great> or <laughs> stuff like, but I wouldn't have thought I'd it for a a disused board cube.
0: But I'm assuming that is supposed to be the ball cube, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I think so, yeah. yeah. Certainly, whenever it comes out and it's cube shaped, I could it's it to be a board cube. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so it's very condescending yes it's Cube shaped. yes I believe it to be a poor cube <laughs> but it's quite exciting because then you're thinking oh you silly silly arrogant bastards you're mm. going to resurrect the Borg again of course we know Hugh Borg is going to be in it at some point yeah
0: and uh, Seven of Nine is going to be in it at some point isn't she oh,
1: yes oh there's going to be a before and after when she goes on the screen if I'm watching her <laughs>
0: yes so okay, so fine <laughs> How did you find the episode? We've done a we've done a deep dive. We've taken it apart. How did you find it?
1: I loved it. Some people complained about the pacing of it. They thought it was maybe a wee bit boring. But no, I I thought it suited it. Uh, yes, whenever you start picking it apart, you notice plot holes, uh, the acceptance of everything going on, and Picard waking up with no broken broken hips in his in his villa. But overall, I thought it was wonderful. I thought the portrayal of Picard was fantastic and as dignified as it should be of the character. Yes, he wasn't cheesy with the younger characters like you would imagine Kirk would be. Great relationship between his his, his housekeepers and him. They, mm-hmm. go, they go from knowing that they owe him something and being reverential to keeping him in line whenever he needs to be because I think left his own devices, Jean-Luc might not look after himself properly. Yes. Uh, maybe the Nash, her sister characters, I don't know whether to reflect on the actress, or not, maybe not just as strong as the other ones. I think I think that's hopefully going to develop, but mm-hmm. she was maybe the, the weakest part of it all. I really enjoyed the character, but mm-hmm. if I was picking, being really picky, I'd maybe say she was possibly the weakest of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was really good to see Mr. Data again in, in both uniforms, in fact, because he starts off in.
0: That's true, yeah. Yeah.
1: One, yeah. In the Enterprise D. Uh, and then he, in the vineyard, whenever uh, Picard sees him again, he's in the TNG uniform and so's Picard, which was a real fan moment. So yeah, I, I loved it. I, I can't wait to see how it's going to go. I'm also really glad as well that it's not like Discovery because I love Discovery, but Discovery is its own thing. And they, they deliberately have set out to make the two shows very, very different, as it should be. They shouldn't be. It shouldn't be the same. This is a show about a man who's in his certainly a lot more senior years. And it should be dignified and a bit more thoughtful as the character is, rather than all the run-around and lots of guns and stuff like that. The Discovery is more action-orientated, and it suits it. But yeah, I think they did a great job. What, what do you think?
0: I, you know, going back to the fact that when I heard that they were going to do this Picard show, part of me, my heart sunk, so I thought it could really be awful. You know, it could it could fail miserably. Like a
1: potential Boba Fett series? <laughs>
0: Do you mean the Mandalorian or just with Boba Fett? Sorry,
1: they were talking about Boba Fett as uh, a film, yeah, at one point, but I think it finally slipped away, and which is maybe not a bad thing because Fett needs to be left as a as a mysterious figure.
0: Yeah, no, I, I, no, I can see that, but yeah, I had real reservations that it could be an awful show and it wouldn't work. I could see that there were some concerns about the you know the pacing because people had seen early comes before I saw it because the Americans got it a day before us and I tried to not spoil it but I saw little bits where they're sort of saying you know there was no there's no there's star trekking in it well it wasn't about that this is the thing that I think people are going to find it will go into space but mm-hmm. this is a show that's more about a man's exploration of himself probably uh, to a degree in finding out his place again in in his case the galaxy so it's a, an exploration of an older man who He's retired and probably trying to get things together again uh, and learn more about who he was. I mean, visually, stunning. I think it was absolutely wonderfully shot. The little nods to things from the show or the films were great. Um, I think they've done very well in that, like you said about the hat, from when he was playing, I want to say a character, was he called Dix or something? Uh, the guy, Dixon or something, the...
1: You keep talking, I'm going to look it up on the film. <laughs>
0: But I also, I like the fact that we were seeing twists and turns that will hopefully go out throughout the entire show. I do like the fact we dressed these advanced shoes. They didn't try and do like, you know, they did with, say, Star Trek, the motion picture where they were trying to make everybody look like they were in the 30s still. You know, when Bill Shatner, bless him, had that. Really weird wig on his head. Really weird wig in the first film. Um, as,
1: as somebody who has a few strange, weird wigs, I can, you know, I'd love to have done something with that <laughs> for him.
0: It just sits strangely, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> and what I love now, digressing for a minute, is if you watch them in 4K, the films, it's really obvious in some of them. <laughs> you can see where it sits. for <laughs> course, had his plugs. But, you know, I think it was a very well done show. I think it. It explored some brilliant themes. It looked at it, it gave you Picard in a believable sense. You could see that things had really impacted him, the weight life has had on him. It's probably good that he didn't go straight to space in the first episode, I think, because that would have been a bit too much with its you know things zipping around. I asked myself the question could somebody who who wasn't a massive Star Trek fan get into it? Probably yes. I I think that would be possible.
1: Yeah, I mean, Will Wheaton said that he sat and watched it with his wife. He says he, this is for the Ready Room uh, YouTube thing that he does and he said to the missus, would you like to watch it with me? And She didn't say, say shut up Wesley, which was good for him probably because he would have divorced her. But she said yes and she watched it with him and really enjoyed it and she's mm-hmm. not a Star Trek fan. In fact, she doesn't watch Star Trek. Mm-hmm. So that, that was really good to hear. <sighs> That's a really hard, hard one to answer actually. I suppose, a bit like whenever I went, I started watching Discovery. The same question could be asked, would you enjoy it if you weren't a Star Trek fan? And I wasn't a Star Trek fan, and I really enjoyed it. And in fact, that was the thing that hooked me. So it is entirely possible that maybe people who have seen Patrick Stewart and his various other roles, including you know the ones that he did for X-Men, for Logan, that last Wolverine film, which was amazing, that it maybe never watch Trek, might think, well, I'll tune in just to see what this is like, and hopefully they'll watch it and think, wow, this is quite incredible. I really, really like it.
0: And I think that is definitely a possibility because, you know, Patrick Stewart himself said that he ended up with people who were fans of Star Trek coming to see him in the theatre. I suspect that could still happen. I think having a knowledge of what you're dealing with will help, but I still think it gives the ability that people could go into it. But I think, all in all, I think it was absolutely a brilliant start. I'm really intrigued to see tomorrow because it will be tomorrow for the next episode what that goes to and i like the fact we're seeing old familiar faces returning as the show goes on so yeah it would be very interesting to see what happens with it i would probably give it a yeah i think i'd give it a nine out of ten actually
1: yeah it's a tremendous start i mean whenever i've seen the discovery whenever i watched discovery i well i thought the klingons looked a bit weird but it didn't really mean anything to me but i, I still got into it i just took it a, as the story as it was and, and you may find that people do that. Yeah, I would definitely give it a nine out of ten as well. Mm. By the way, it's Dixon Hill. It sure
0: wasn't too bad at, too far. Yeah,
1: that was. That was really good. So it was Dixon Hill. I had but I had to look it up. I read it this afternoon and thought I'll have to remember that. Of course he didn't remember it. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm wondering will he as he investigates things, will Dixon Hill Ooh. that sort of hmm Will it become almost like a detective story at times? An action-adventure set-in-space detective story for him as he tries to find out, because there is a mystery going on here. I think Mm -hmm. he's starting to realise, well, there's a huge mystery because he doesn't know who she was, Mm -hmm. Where's her twin. Will this have any any impact on him?
0: Mm -hmm. Because I know for the future episodes from what I've seen, he's going to have a clash with people at Starfleet. But it's going to be, what I'm also looking forward to seeing is Return of, um, Riker and Troy, uh, well, yeah. Riker and Rikers is, and they're going to have a child, a daughter, I think. So they've obviously retired and I'm interested to see why have they retired as well. Is it the same thing? Is it the same problem with what Starfleet became? You know, how long did Riker, you know, and Troy last with the Titan? What, uh, what preempted them stopping? Was it natural age or? Is the more to it? So ooh, who knows?
1: That is a good one because as a, as a series this is set the furthest into the prime universe that we've yeah. had yet. Probably going to be a thousand years in in the future but we haven't seen this yet. We don't know what it's going to look like. Mm. But this as, as an ongoing series this is the first one that's been set so far in the future. What mm. is it? 2390 something. And Ow. yeah. <laughs> it's just is kind of scary when you think of it that way. And um so yes. What what did happen then? Because I had seen they had they had shown as a promo that scene with with a small bit of it with Riker and Troy when Picard goes to visit them, and you can hear the kid screaming in the background somewhere. kid, mm-hmm. it, 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 to me, I got the impression the kid was under ten years old. I don't know why. It was maybe the voice and Possibly. yes, yeah. So they would have the child quite late on, but then they got married probably when they were maybe in their forties. In the film. Mm, yeah. Or of course, if everybody's living longer, I suppose reproductively, it wouldn't matter. You could maybe be having children into your 50s.
0: Possibly. I'll tell you one thing I noticed when you talk about age. Riker started, uh, sorry, not Riker, Picard started out needing a cane and then mysteriously stopped using it. Do you thought, know what That's I, Strange.
1: <laughs> yeah, it is strange. But also, I'm wondering as well, was that how he's seen himself as a daughtery old man?
0: Ooh, yeah.
1: And then he suddenly gets a new lease of life again and doesn't yeah. feel that he needs forgets the cane because he doesn't need that emotional crutch. He suddenly got something that's bigger than him to think about.
0: See, this is why I had you on. <laughs> this is why I had you on. You've seen the bigger picture. I yeah, like well, it.
1: My, my mind is tripping, man. <laughs> no more cheese. <laughs> no more cheese. <laughs> well, just, well, I don't drink wine either. <laughs>
0: so that is our re- review of Star Trek Picard Remembrance. First episode. I give it nine out of ten. Uh, as does joanne so hopefully you know, if this hasn't scared the pants off you too much joanne uh, you maybe come back to do a review of future episodes
1: yes that would be great by that time dear knows what drugs they're on um they'll have maybe moved on to crackers with their cheese <laughs> number one might have had his nostrils removed I'm, I'm wondering are we going to see the dog again uh, is there a doggy quarantine if you go in to take a dog into space?
0: Well, it never stopped Porthos, so you know. you know,
1: no. He's adorable. Oh, <laughs> adorable. and Captain Archer. Possibly, i got to just digress here before before we finish. The greatest arse in Star Trek. <laughs> Every time that man walked down a corridor, I hated to see him leave, but I'd like to watch him walk away.
0: It's marvellous. Well, I think we've been talking of Cod's Wallop on this one. So I've been James.
1: And I've been Joanne.
0: Thank you very much for listening.